Cloisoi, just a talking. Welcome to Just a Ticket, the Transport for Wales bi-weekly podcast. Today's topic of discussion is about a scheme that Transport for Wales are implementing to help rehabilitate people and provide them with an opportunity to change their life. Building Futures on the Right Track is a partnership pilot scheme that would provide a chance for up to 10 people in prison to work with Transport for Wales on the new South Wales Metro project. Joining me today is... Kate Carr from ARC Making the Difference. And joining me remotely is... Noel Gilmore, Rail Infrastructure Director at TFW. Welcome both to the podcast. Thank you. So to kick us off, Carl, Building Futures on the right track. Tell us what, what the pilot scheme is. What's it all about? Okay. Um, well, firstly, thank you for having us along today to talk about this. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a really important scheme uh, and programme we're, we're piloting here. Um, if I look from my perspective, we've got the best part of a, a three quarters of a billion pound project. Uh, and as much as we were engaging all of the supply chains to try and pass that that, that program uh, budget across the whole of supply chain, actually, there's far reaching things we can do with, with the program. So this scheme is all about uh, getting currently offending uh, current offenders from uh, the secure estate uh, and providing them with opportunities to actually come onto the program and work and, and create and learn uh, new skills with us, uh, with a view of actually then progressing to the next step, which is potential uh, sustained permanent employment when they actually leave the secure estate. Great. So it's using the South Wales Metro project to provide opportunities for for offenders to work with us. Who are the partners involved? So the partners are actually part of the, the Crive Alliance. So we've got uh, Transport for Wales, we've got Amy Infrastructure Wales, Alan Griffiths Contractors, Belpa BT and Siemens. Uh, and all those suppliers form what we call the Crive Alliance, which are there and, and core at uh, delivering uh, the, the transformation project. But really, James, this, is, uh, this pilot scheme is just uh, initially helping uh, or looking to introduce 10 uh, current offenders into the programme. But actually, once we've got this initial pilot uh, underway and it's successful, which I have no doubt it will be, actually, it's all, all about how we can expand that and get the rest of the supply chain involved. Great. And and how will that work? Talk us through the steps of, you know, on, on a day-to-day basis, how will we get the offenders and, and get them onto the project to work? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a really good question. So the, the, the current offenders uh, are released on what's called Rottle, which is released on temporary licence. Um, and it's, it, it was um, fascinating for me to learn. We've been working with our colleagues up at HMP Prescott up in Usk. Um, and uh, even throughout COVID, they had the best part of 100 uh, offenders, which were, or what we called uh, delegates, which were leaving um, the secure estate on a daily basis and actually working out in the community. Um, and we actually, uh, myself and, and Kate, we touched base with a couple of those companies to actually understand um, what, what it was like to be working with these delegates, uh, what some of the lessons they'd learned and what we'd, we'd, we'd take away. But effectively, um, they they work uh, all over as far as Bridgend up to Gloucester. Yeah. So it'd be no different from coming down to a standard Traforest at the infrastructure hub and working with the IDPs on a daily basis. And they and that would be either days, nights, uh, all blended working. And then on the, once they finish their shift, then they go back to the secure states and they're back the next day working with us. Great. And, and Kate, what's your involvement in the project? What does your company do? So ARC Making the Difference helps organisations to apply sustainable development approaches to change. So that means 
think in a really joined up way um, about the long term challenges that are facing us um, and how you're basically really um, having the biggest impact that you can on building stronger, safer, more resilient communities. Um, and obviously, uh, with my background, having um, worked with the Office of the Future Generations Commissioner, I'm absolutely passionate about using the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act as a framework for change. And that whole act is around uh, sustainable development. So it's really taking that to organisations and helping them to understand what it means to really um, improve uh, and extend their impact around improving well-being across our communities. And you touched upon it there, the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act and, and Transport for Wales being a not-for-profit delivering for Welsh Government. We're, we're really closely aligned to that act, which is legislation in Wales. Can you just tell us a little bit about it? The Wellbeing of Future Generations Act defines sustainable development in Wales as the process of improving the economic, environmental, social and cultural well-being of our communities. Um, and it sets seven well-being goals and five ways of working. Wales is the um, first nation to bring in this kind of legislation um, and Welsh Government and other public bodies here in Wales have this duty um, to take sustainable development approaches to improving our well-being. It sets a vision for Wales with the seven well-being goals um, for these outcomes uh, that we want um, for for our, our nation and for our planet. And it just, for me, um, the brilliance with the legislation is around those five ways of working. And I think that's what's been really inspiring about the way um, Carl and Transport for Wales and the Cry the Alliance partners have wanted to really apply those five ways of working. So to think about the um, long-term issues and challenges and um, the way in which they can um, prevent or break into generational cycles of poverty and of harm by making sure that the roles that you have um, within this sector are available to everybody. And in this case, specifically, we're talking about people who've been through the criminal justice system or are going through the criminal justice system. Um, so to be able to offer sustainable employment, really quality jobs in a, a really important infrastructure sector, that is hugely beneficial to reducing reoffending. Um, there's a really strong collaboration here. So this is a coming together of four or five organisations with an extensive supply chain behind it. So that's some great collaborative working there reaching out to partners across other sectors as well and the really important bit within those five ways of working is thinking about involvement involvement of people um, in the decisions that affect them which is something that the act is very clear about and the way this um, project has developed has been very much um, co-design with men um, in the criminal justice system and will extend to women as well hopefully over time but also um, everybody across the employers from HR partners to um, uh, a, a range of different colleagues have been involved in actively helping to co-design this pathway. And, and Carl, what, what would you say are the, the key benefits to this scheme? Uh, I mean, it, it's recognising that everyone in society deserves a, a second chance. Um, but also we, there's a bit of a cultural learning uh, we all have to go on to, to be able to recognise and understand that it's, it's human nature to um, when you're uh, 
slightly uh, less less involved in, in this type of initiative to, to sometimes have a certain bias um, to, towards uh, these types of delegates, which we're looking to give opportunities to. So part of the journey we've been on, and, and something Kate's been uh, helping us with and some of, the, some of the other team, is actually to do those employer surveys to actually understand some of the constraints or some of the, the misconceptions uh, around this type of work. We've also been doing that with the actual delegates as well, and, and to actually hear firsthand um, some of their uh, anxieties and some of their concerns about about coming back into society and working in the workplace. It w- was truly humbling to be able to hear that firsthand. What were some of them? You know, what were, what were the things they were worried about? It was about being accepted. Um, there was uh, anxieties around um, the preconceptions uh, about what 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 they've done, and actually that almost waiting to be asked by someone um, and we saw it firsthand with people coming to into the infrastructure hub uh, on the 15th of, of September um, they were really apprehensive about walking into a work environment um, but the way Kate and the team had set it up actually we had a good 10 or 15 minutes of advice breaking to be able to walk up to, to the delegates and be able to speak to them uh, and just get to interact face to face and actually some of humblers making a tea and a coffee and, and give them a, a, a sandwich and a bacon and, and an egg roll um, it just helps to break the ice and really to just to really help set the baseline in the sense of actually we are no more important than being in this workplace than you are visiting us uh, and uh, this is an opportunity available to them yeah and how important is that kid it's hugely important um i think to understand and to see people as individuals and and humans who for a range of reasons have you know um have taken decisions and committed actions for which there are consequences um but to know that there is a second chance um is really important i think um i think the other thing that the alliance has really recognized is that just having a job isn't enough um that there are many um complicated factors in all of our lives where we live um, how you know how stable our family environment is, um, how we can get to work. I thought it might be helpful to, to expand a little bit um, what you were talking about, some of the far-reaching um, benefits of this, James, and, and something Kate mentioned about trying to uh, the key aim of this is to help um, limit and reduce the, the reoffending. Yeah. Um, but you've also then got to look at the reasons why people reoffend, and actually, it's that stability. So, as much as we're we're providing opportunities for people when they're in the secure environment, the secure states, actually, once they've left um, uh, and they've finished their particular term, actually, what happens to that individual past that point? Now, the conversation we've had with all of our alliance partners is, we want fully sustained employment for these for these individuals. If they, if they've proved themselves for throughout Russell, actually we want a full-time PA wage job and it's not a zero-hour contract. Now, whether those individuals choose to go what path they want to do after that point, well, we, we can't influence that, but we all we, what we can do is provide them the best opportunity. But some of the points, uh, you know, Kate and I are working through at the moment is what, what happens with uh, the people housing, what happens with the external influencers, and actually we're already working with other SMEs which are out in the market, which are um, more more advanced in their thinking and have been helping these types of individuals and have left the secure estate. So we actually we can uh, TFW and the supply chain we can help with a more rounded package when, once they actually leave to look after them. Does that provide them with the opportunity while they while they're in prison? But when they leave prison, is is that sort of aftercare? 
I think there's, there's two there's two points actually. The first is I think um, the people doing the recruiting were absolutely blown away with the skill, the aptitude, and the attitude of the um, the candidates. Um, uh, from Prescoid. Um, and so there's going to be real benefit, I think, to those teams from working in this way, because, you know, you're bringing in people from different backgrounds, different perspectives, but with real skills that are there ready to go. That's not true of everybody in the criminal justice system. There are many people who haven't um, been, been able to take advantage of opportunities around education and training. And so this is brilliant for them to be able to do that. Um the second point uh, is absolutely the package of support around people is um, crucial. And I think this is why this is such an exciting opportunity, because these are quality companies um, uh, working in collaboration with good terms and conditions, good pay, sustainable employment, not zero hours contracts. Um they are talking about coaching and mentoring support that may wrap around the individuals. They are looking at how to continue to build skills. Um, so even if people choose only to be here for a period of time and not to stay over the longer term, it's really teeing them up for the next opportunity and helping them to uh, helping to extend aspirations and ambitions, but in a really tangible way. And, and you recently launched this this new pilot that the Trafalgar Infrastructure Hub, which is the the home of the Metro. How, how did that day go, Carl? I, I was I was quite apprehensive um, going into it. The, the, the planning for the team has been uh, meticulous. They, they thought absolutely everything through, um, but I was really um, apprehensive on behalf of the delegates coming down because uh, it's a brand new environment. Um, they're walking into an interview, um, which as much as we 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 play down the scale of what that sounds like actually uh, walking into anything like that is, is, uh, is very nerve-wracking for people um i uh, uh we individually met with with the, with the delegates we, we opened up uh, uh with uh, um a, a bit of a talk for myself about what my expectations were in terms of what my commitment was to them and of course on behalf of the alliance about us supporting them and you could see throughout the day, they slowly started to relax more and more. And actually, we had a closing address at the end. And I, and I did say to them, actually, compared to how relaxed they were in their demeanor versus how they walked in, it was poles apart. But the one thing we did notice throughout is, uh, I mean, just speaking openly, we, we had 10 delegates come down. We had six initial roles at the beginning of the day. And by the time we'd finished wrapping up and doing our uh, uh, sort of cross checking of notes from the interviews actually we we wanted to provide opportunities between eight to ten of them because we were were that blown away by the skill sets of the individuals and and their attitudes the positivity from them and where are we now with with them starting what's the next steps for for transport for wheels so the um, the alliance is uh, working directly now with Prescoid um, around putting in place um, everything that's needed from an HR perspective, uh, induction perspectives, and we fully anticipate that some of those roles will come online uh, within the next month or so now. So lots of work, lots of activity taking place uh, around what support looks like for that, um, but really exciting to have got to this point. And Carl, you must be excited to have to have extra workforce on on the metro. Such a, such a big project. Yeah, ab- absolutely. On on Everton, good good resource away, James, and and having ten more really willing uh, individuals who want to make a difference. And and as I said on the day, um, this is part of a legacy project. Uh, 
and they can be proud of being part of that. And and on that note, on the South Wales Metro, I always say there's sort of three main benefits of the Metro. The, the first one being obviously the end product that we're going to provide faster and improved services for the for the people of, of Wales and the environmental and sort of social and economical benefits of that. Um, but then you've got the, the second benefit is the fact that in our sustainable framework of, of, of building it, we're giving opportunities for Welsh SMEs and Welsh businesses and, and actually local people. And then the third strand is this, because we're in charge of this large-scale infrastructure project, it gives us an opportunity to, to sort of do something that benefits society in Wales as a whole. You know, what do, what do you think of them sort of three-pointers? Yeah, I, you're absolutely right, James. I, I'm, Metro in itself, not only will it improve the connectivity throughout all of South Wales, um, it'll provide access to jobs, leisure and other opportunities for, for people across Wales. Um, when we look in a bit more detail about how we work with our um, SMEs and, and other charities out there, um, all of the IDPs and, and the Cryb Alliance uh, are actively working, engaging with the supply chain to try and get everyone on board um, and uh, the, the amount of support we do get is, is mind-blowing. Everyone can see um, the benefits that this is having for the Valley communities um, and it's so heartening to actually have a workforce which is predominantly from the Valleys working actually on, on their home turf yeah. which is absolutely fantastic. Um, we're continuing to work with a lot of different charities um, uh, and um, uh, that's including other veteran hubs uh, from the armed forces strand, which uh, I know is um, obviously pretty close to my heart, um, and that's another strand which we're potentially working with Prescoid with uh, helping to assist some of the the, the offenders there, which are actually uh, veterans as well. We, we've been uh, recognised a silver status of the Defence Employee Recognition Scheme, um, which is fantastic, and, and I know the whole organisation has been working towards uh, supporting me with that. Um, so we'll. Uh, obviously have to go for gold next. But I think um, in terms of the uh, ex-offenders programme, uh, James, it would probably be remiss of us not to be looking at what the next steps of that are. Yeah. So I know we've looked at, and I'll bring Kate in for this, um, we, we've looked at um, uh, what happens past Rottle in terms of offering the, these gentlemen sustained employment, but actually we, we're working with our colleagues, uh, Women in Justice as well. So it might be a good time to hand over to Kate. So there's been quite an exciting piece of work that's taken place in Wales um, where Welsh Government and the UK Government have produced the Female Offending Blueprint and that sets out a pathfinder for women. Um, so the, the criminal justice system can be quite complex um, in terms of in custody and in the community and the differences for men and the differences for women. Um, so to have this pathfinder for women that meets their needs in a really holistic way is really exciting and a great opportunity for the Alliance to um, partner with that. Um, and discussions are ongoing around that at the moment as to how they can work together to start to open up the opportunities um, for for women um, through the pathfinder. So what, what might they look like it? That's a really uh, big question in that this is a sector that has typically perhaps been very male dominated and we've seen a huge amount of work being done around that at the moment in a really exciting way to bring women uh, into the workforce in a range of roles that are not typically seen as um, female roles but um, I think somebody was very keen to point out at the recruitment event that their chief engineer uh, was a woman which is just fantastic to hear uh, and 
but it's recognizing the vulnerabilities of women that have come through the criminal justice system, where they are in their lives, setting the aspiration, recognizing the skills that they have now, opening them up to new opportunities. Uh, and just basically, it's about joining the dots, isn't it? It's about seeing where there are women with skills that can fit in now and where there are opportunities to introduce women to a really exciting um, sector, um, really important part of the future of Wales. So, um, there's going to be an awful lot of work thinking around how that is done, how best to support women. Um, but great to know that there's something really tangible to um, work with there going forward. And they, the support from people that lead on that programme in Wales, um, they've they've uh, expressed a lot of commitment to that. And so I think that's a really exciting way forward. I think, and I think that's a really important point, Karen. Obviously, as one of the one of the leaders for the South Wales Metro Project, which is probably one of the biggest infrastructure projects happening in Wales at the moment. What would your message be to to females who want to get involved in the project and in in infrastructure work? There's absolutely um, opportunities for everybody on on the project, uh, and one of the things we're working closely with a lot of different groups is to try and get rid of the stigma that engineering construction roles are, are purely there for. For, for uh, males, that's absolutely not the case. Um, we're working with a lot of different areas um, from the beginning, from STEM, they're trying to get uh, more awareness into schools, uh, and we're working with a lot of our partners there to actually raise um, uh, the awareness of, of uh, females in construction. We're also uh, tapping into lots of other different areas, such as uh, the, the Armed Forces Covenant. Um, to we've had quite a bit of success in that space. We've, we're getting some uh, ex uh, RAF female engineers into project management and engineering, but, but it doesn't stop there. there. There's opportunities for all. Yeah, so we've talked about the scheme building futures on the right track. You know what it means, what it is, uh, how it'll benefit individuals and society as a whole, and how that's closely linked to the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act. But one of the key things that I said Transport for Wales is how we connect to our communities and how we can be- provide benefits for them communities, Kate. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. For me, this is so exciting because it is about creating safer, more connected communities. So it is extending opportunities to all in a really meaningful way. But even beyond that, it helps to make our communities stronger and safer. From a personal perspective, I've been a victim of crime. Others have said it, and I would absolutely concur that what most victims want is to, for this not to happen again or to happen to anybody else. And so sustainable employment with quality companies, helping people to rehabilitate back into their communities is evidence to dramatically reduce reoffending, and that makes communities safer and a happier um, place to be. Yeah, definitely. And and I suppose if I was to ask you, what does success look like, Carl? Firstly, how how do we measure success, and, and what does success look like in the future? Uh, that's a really good question, James. The the, the parameters and what success looks like it, it, is going to be varied. Um, we're still looking to see exactly what that looks like. I mean, for me, it would be all of the delegates we, we take, um, they don't reoffend and, and they um, move into sustained employment uh, and, and they live uh, happy and healthy lives after that. Yeah. Um, I think the reality is um, that they, they could statistics would show that there is an offer, a chance that some people will, will reoffend. Um, I think for me, what's uh, 
success would look like is trying to limit that uh, that number by trying to provide uh, the best opportunity and the right platform for people to be able to uh, land upon. Absolutely. So for me as well, it's it's um, to think that those um, candidates will still be in employment in a year, two years. Um, but even beyond that, I think there's going to be huge benefits for the organisations themselves. I think they will be surprised over time at the benefits to their ways of working, their understanding of behaviours in the workplace, um, the diversity of thinking and the impact and benefits that that can have for teams. I think this, um, the way that uh, colleagues will upskill themselves to be able to provide um, coaching and mentoring and support to their colleagues. All of these things I think are going to have fantastic impacts for the organisations in a range of ways that probably haven't fully occurred to them yet. Yeah and I think I think that's a real interesting point Kate because we've talked a lot about the benefits for the offenders but Transport for Wales is going to benefit from this project as well. Absolutely. Transport for Wales, uh, the um, infrastructure delivery partners themselves and the supply chain that underpins all of that. Such great opportunities here um, for, for, for the whole foundational economy that underpins it. Yeah, Carl, do you want to add something? Yes, certainly. As part of our wider EDNI uh, stream and, and development in that space, um, we strongly um, recognise that actually by, by having diverse teams, uh, it makes us stronger. It, it certainly makes uh, helps us to understand our our customers better, and by virtue of that, the, the communities in which we serve. So, but by having a more diverse workforce, uh, we can only be better as an organisation. Totally agree. Yeah. So, firstly, thanks both for coming on the podcast. I think it was a really interesting discussion. It's it's, it's really nice to talk about these things. You both. Um, any last messages from you to to our listeners? Uh, it's just to thank everyone. For- their support so far um, we, we've got a lot more work to do with, with our colleagues uh, as we start to embed this program further but really looking forward to taking it uh, to the next step just thank you to carl and to all of the idps for the leadership they've shown uh, right throughout their organizations in making this happen thank you both that was a really interesting discussion today on building futures on the right track we'll have you both on in the future and you can give us an update of how you get on with the project and now we'll go over to james bennett for an update on the news Thanks, James. The main headline for us this week is the arrival of the first two trains for the South Wales Metro. This is a major milestone in our £800 million investment programme for our new trains. These Class 231 Stadler Flirt trains arrived in Cardiff in November after being built and tested in Europe. They will now undergo extensive testing on our network, so you'll see them out and about in South Wales ahead of introduction to service next year. Customers in North Wales may also see the Class 197 trains undergoing testing along the North Wales coast and Conway Valley lines. They've been running for the last few months and are due to enter service around the middle of next year. So look out for these new trains around the Wales and Borders network over the next few months. They are on their way and there's no long to go now before you'll be able to travel on them for the first time. In the meantime, we've launched a new combined rail and bus ticket for journeys between South Wales and Aberystwyth. This new ticket means that you can travel by train to Carmarthen and then hop on the Trouse Cymru T1 bus to Aberystwyth or vice versa. The new single ticket provides a significant discount and faster journeys compared to existing services and really helps improve connectivity between South and West Wales. It's another step towards creating a truly integrated public transport network. And finally, our team has been working really hard to respond to the impact of Storm Arwen over the weekend of the 27th and 28th of November. 
We've been working really closely with our partners Network Rail as they repair damage caused by fallen trees and debris that were brought onto the tracks by 90 mile an hour winds, which led to disruption to services across the Wales and Borders network. Unfortunately, a small number of our trains sustained damage during the storm. Our fleet engineers have been working around the clock to ensure they're repaired and returned to service as soon as possible. A big thank you to the TFW and Network Rail frontline teams for their efforts to keep trains running in the face of challenging conditions and to our customers for their patience while services were disrupted. That's it for the news this week. Back to you, James. Thanks, James. Great update on the news and really excited to hear about our new trains that will be entering service sometime next year. Thanks to all our listeners today. If you've got any questions or any comments about today's podcast or even future podcasts, please get in touch on our social media channels using the hashtag TFWpod.